This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. So I, I like that because you're also, you're building these early habits with your kids about every time you make money, you need to pay yourself first. And you also have to do some good with it and give it away. show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about teaching our kids about money at a very young age. According to Forbes, almost half of the U.S. would not be able to cover a $400 emergency. Around 40% have credit card debt, and one-third of Americans have saved $0 for retirement. If we want our kids to survive these financial trip hazards and truly thrive, we need to start our kids' financial education early. And our guest today is a leader in the financial literacy movement. Liz Frazier is our guest today. Liz is a fee-only certified financial planner and the author of Beyond Piggy Banks and Lemonade Stands, How to Teach Young Kids About Finance. She is a regular contributor for Forbes.com and has been featured in national media such as People, Wall Street Journal, PBS, CNBC, ABC7, and Fox Radio. Liz lives in New York with her husband and two young kids. She loves hiking, Game of Thrones, and she's got a passion for movies. She's currently grooming her daughter, to be on a permanent movie date with her. Welcome to the show, Liz. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. I love that introduction that movies made its way into it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I'm all about the taking your kids to a movie and just enjoy Because, you know, there was a period of this, of this parenthood, you and I were chatting before we got on, that uh, I don't think I went to the movies for years. And it was just sort of this like, there's a void in my life right now without seeing movies. So I, I, I'm assuming you've, you've felt the same thing. I, you know, my void, I made very small. Oh, I had good. my kids with me in the movies as soon as they could hold their heads up because <laughs> I just, I love movies. Every time I go to the movies, it's like when Annie from the movie goes to the movies and they sing the song. I feel like that no matter what I'm saying, I'm just happy to be there. So my kids, I, they have no choice but to love movies. And this is just such a t- good time to go see movies. There's so much good things going on. All right. Well, let, let's talk about your story, my friend. So why were you inspired to help kids learn about money at a young age? Well, so I'm a, as you said, I'm a fee-only financial planner. Um, so I meet with people, with clients on a regular basis to talk to them about, you know, their own financial situations and What I started realizing more and more is just how um, intimidated most people are about finance. And, you know, it's it's for really good reason for a couple of things. First of all, we just overcomplicate finance so much. I mean, you know, you you'd feel like you you must think that you have to understand Bitcoin and hedge funds to really have an understanding of finance. But it only comes down to a couple of basics. And I think that there's like this mystification around finance that there doesn't need to be. So that was something that really stood out to me that people were just so intimidated by finance. And that also the reason why is because nobody's taught finance, period. Yeah. Nobody's taught finance, period. So when you're an adult, you the only way you'd learn finance is if you proactively tried to teach yourself, which, you know, there's a lot of different layers of complexity to that as well. So, you know, finance, I I realized, is one of these core conversations that we should be having with our young kids like 
everything else that we want to teach them at a young age to build healthy habits and to become a healthy adult. So it's like nutrition. It's like safety, stranger danger. I mean, we talk to our kids about drugs and sex education at an early age. So money is one of those things that just should be started incorporated at a young age. Yeah. Was this something that your parents did for you as a young age? How did, I guess, how did you get inspired to do this? Well, so my my background is unique because my mom is a financial planner. So I, I she did talk to me about finance at a young age. But you know, it's interesting. I've I've been asked before. You know, what were the sit down conversations you had with your mom about finance, or or what do you remember her teaching you? And I I think it's important to realize that she didn't have sit down financial discussions with me. You know, I don't remember us ever sitting down and taking a look at the stock market and her explaining to me, you know, what the yield curve is and things like that. It was more that she taught me finance through experience, through exposure. So I remember at a very early age having my own piggy banks, having my own money, making my own decisions about what I spend money on and how much I earn. So I think, you know, I was just, I had a lot more exposure to finance because my mom was comfortable with it and it was part of her life. So she made it a part of my life. Um, so I did, I, I was exposed to finance a lot at a young age. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And that's an important thing to do. And she probably modeled that behavior, smart financial behavior in front of you, given her her choice of career as well. So I guess, Liz, I wanted to talk to you. You're a financial advisor. you got a lot of clients. Um, do you feel like our childhood affects our views on money as we get older? Um, our childhood 100% affects our views. You know, most professionals and experts will say that kids' financial habits and behaviors and attitudes start as early as seven at age seven. And, you know, if you think about it, you can understand why. Um, they're out in the media and in the world, you know, there are so many mixed messages around money. I mean, you have like shows like the Kardashians and, you know, Sweet 16 parties and things like that, that show, you know, these lavish lifestyles with money. And so people start to envy money, or you might hear your parents, you know, talking about um, why could, you know, how their neighbor could afford a vacation and they couldn't. Um, and then you also hear things about money that's negative. So, you know, money is, it's, it's greedy if you want more money and, and money's evil. And so I think it's really important to start kids off early with helping to shape positive money attitudes because it's around them. They, they see it every day. They, they absorb your money attitudes and your money beliefs and your money behaviors and they absorb the ones around them. So from a young age, their attitudes start to get shaped and so it's really important that you're intentional about them because if you're not teaching them, you're still teaching them. So, you know, I think that that part of it is really important. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of those positive lessons or some of those money lessons we can teach our kids at a young age. And we're, we're talking young. I mean, how early is too early, I guess? And what are some of the lessons we could teach them? So I really think that there's there's not such a thing as too early. You know, it's the same thing as nutrition. How early do you start to talking to your kids about nutrition? They're not going to understand it but you're just going to start with some simple things and build upon it. So I started my kids at age four and it was something as simple as, you know, clearly we weren't talking about hedge funds. We were talking about very simple things, just the building blocks of finance. So we started talking about things like needs versus wants. And that's a really important um, part of finance because really it's, it's what our budget is. It's what smart spending is all about is we have to take care of our needs first and our wants come after our needs are satisfied. So, you know, I would, I would create these poster boards with my kids and I'd have them pick out pictures from magazines. And I'd say, is this something that we need for survival or is this something that we want? 
And, um, and so we would do that and it would be fun for the kids. And it was a fun way for it to really bring it to life and, and illustrate it for them and get them engaged in the process. And from there, you can start talking about things like priorities. Okay. So, you know, we, we know what we need. We need water, we need food, we need clothes. Um, so let's take a look at your wants and start talking about prioritizing them. And the holidays is the best time to start doing this. Cause if you're like me, you've got 25 catalogs in your house marked, you know, with a hundred different things that they want. And so it's a good time to start talking about priorities. Okay. So if you can, here's the 500 things that you want. If you can only have five, which of the five would you like to have? So start in talking about prioritizing want. So that's an important part of it. And then I also think that talking about decision-making is really important with your kids because that's the core of smart spending. You know, with my kids, if they, they have their own spend money. And um, when we go out, if they want to buy something, I say, okay. And I, I walk them through the decision-making process. So it's like starting just by identifying, you're making a decision here. You know, just want to make sure that you know you're making a decision and you can spend your money on this or here are some alternatives. And then, you know, walk through like, what are the pros and cons of each one, but ultimately let them make the decision. Even if you're like screaming inside because you know this toy is going to break or they're (laughs) going to hate it in five minutes, but just letting them make the decision, let them feel the pain. And then maybe they won't make the mistake later. But I think that practice and decision-making is an important part too. Yeah, that's a very smart thing. And I was laughing as you were describing the the catalog. We got at one of those Target catalogs and they had a lot of fun looking through it. It, was, it ended up being a kind of a fun activity for them. But by the end of it, they had pretty much circled everything in the book. And then afterward, I'm like, well, I know you guys like everything. So just put a star next to the ones that you really like. And then like a couple hours later, there were literally stars on everyone too. So I don't think they quite got it quite yet, uh, but but we're working on some smart, de- smart decision making processes. So I had, I had a question for you, Liz. Let's, let's, um, let's dive into chores and allowances. What are, what are your views on doing a chore and allowance program with your kids? So it's funny that allowances become this kind of hot button among parents. And it's for good reason. You know, parents, as parents, what we do best is we worry that we're going to mess up our kids. So every parent is worried they're going to give allowance in the wrong way. Or, and I'm a really big fan of allowance because kind of like what I was talking about earlier, the the best tool that kids can have to learn about money is money. So in order for them to be able to start practicing, they have to have their own money and it has to be something that they've kind of feel like they've earned. So they have some skin in the game. So I'm a big fan of allowance. And, you know, there's a couple of different ways to do allowance. Um, The one that I really like is doing kind of this hybrid method between like traditional and the more modern approach. So, you know, have your kids do their chores and they just do their chores. They're not getting paid for it. You know, they have to clean up their rooms and no, you're not going to get paid money for that. Um, so they do chores just because they're part of the family and that's what they're expected to do. Separately from that, you give them an allowance every week. So, you know, for example, a dollar for each eight for each year. So my daughter is six, she gets $6 a week. Um, and then from there, so that way they don't feel like they can say, no, I'm not going to do my chores. I, I don't need money. You know, it's not a choice for them. They have to do chores. But then separately, have them identify some extra chores that they can do to make additional money so that they still relate working to money. So that could be something like, oh, well, you know, you want to go on this trip or you want to save up for this doll or for presents for people for the holidays. You know, you could rake the yard or you could wash the windows for an extra $5 and identify things that aren't part of their daily chores. So, but I do think that allowance is a really great way to give kids the means to start practicing early. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. 
Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. So once they start, I guess, accumulating this money from their allowance or doing the extra chores, how would you, I guess, suggest to parents to diversify that money or, or move it around? Uh, how, how do they use it? Obviously, we talked about smart spending, but what, what other ways can, can kids um, utilize their money? Well, so I really like, and a lot of people have heard of this, but I really like the save, spend, share piggy bank. So, and I, you know, I like three clear jars so kids can see their money actually grow in these jars, especially when they're young, because, you know, kids like to interact and have kind of tangible money to use. Um, So I have every time that my kids either make money through extra chores, their allowance or gift money. I have them put it in the three jars. And people always ask me, well, what's the right percentage? You know, I've heard 80%, 10%, 10%. And it it really doesn't matter. It's whatever you're comfortable with. You know, if your child has something that they want to save up for, you could put more in that. If they have a charity they're really interested in, they could put more in that. But I let my kids choose. And, you know, kids are are pretty generous by nature. And if you're they're given the opportunity to choose and make their own decisions, they make pretty good ones. So my daughter, you know, she'll get six dollars and every week I say, How much do you want to put in your save and your spend and your share? And she usually kind of divvies it up 
evenly. So I, I like that because you're also, you're building these early habits with your kids about every time you make money, you need to pay yourself first. And you also have to do some good with it and give it away. I like that. That's very cool. Can we can we talk about saving? Because I have a difficult time sometimes with my kids with uh, making saving fun. Have you found any ways to kind of make the process seem a little bit more appealing? Because, you know, buying a really cool shiny toy, that's a lot of fun. But saving and, and maybe giving, it doesn't have as much of, you know, allure around it. There's less commercials about those, I guess. So how do we make it fun for our kids? Yeah, you know, asking your kids to start saving for college or for retirement at this age, like that's that's not going to get them excited. So um, it's a really good question because you do want to make saving a positive thing for them. So they want to do it as they get older. And these are their, your kids' first experiences with money. So um, start small and start start identify something that they want to save for. So let's say it's a Lego set. You know, it's a forty dollar Lego set. Make it a make it a big deal. So you know you know those old school like sales thermometers that you used to do where you cross off how much you saved. So do something like that with your kids and help them create it for you. So you've got $40 and that's the goal. And, you know, put stickers on it and make it a big poster board and put it right next to um, your savings jar. So every week, count up how much you have. And it's also a good way to help learning counting money and math and things like that. And have your child, you know, mark off each point, you know, when they've saved but also create some milestones for them along the way. So maybe at $7, they get an ice cream sundae. Make it a big family thing. They reach $7, ice cream sundae. And that's a benefit for the whole family. And then, you know, maybe at $15, you match that and give them an extra $15. So you're keeping them engaged and excited at every point for savings. Um, and you want to make it something attainable so they reach their goal. And when they reach it, you know, they they get a sense of accomplishment. They the whole family's been behind it. They've been working up to it. So it becomes like a really fun and positive experience for them. Yeah, and then giving them that feedback like, "Hey, way to go. You did something incredible." That's that's cool. You guys cuz I found that the the monetary reward or the or the present or the gift that they can buy is pretty exciting, but then when you can just show how excited you are for them and give them a big hug and let them know they've done something well, you're putting those positive messages towards money as well. So I, I, I like that a lot. So can we talk a little bit about giving too? Because this is a journey that I've been on. I have not always been the most generous giver, but then I was starting this jar type system with my kids saying, all right, you should be giving your money. Uh, and that's something that you should do as a as a good person. And I, I quickly realized my my I guess my hypocritical ways because I wasn't giving, I was saying, Hey, put you, let's put 10% in there or just, uh, you know, a dollar of this $10 or something like that. And I, I wasn't doing that personally. So I guess how can we lead our kids to become more generous, uh, both personally as well as just, again, trying to make it fun. It's a great question. And I think that, um, don't be too hard on yourself because I think that most parents, you know, even if we're not giving to charity as much as we want, you are teaching your kids charity and kindness and, and generosity through other ways. So, you know, it all starts just from very, very simple acts of kindness. You know, kids are, are so good at their core and they're so kind and so generous. So just a little bit of encouragement. You're really, you're teaching compassion and you're teaching empathy, which are the, the basics. And I think that when you're teaching your kids about giving back, it doesn't have to start 
financially. It really should start with just some some basic, again, acts of kindness. And this can be helping a neighbor shovel snow, or this could be, you know, baking cookies for your mailman, you know, whatever it is. It can even be at home. If dad's sick, oh, let's bring him breakfast in bed. So it can start there. And that really is teaching your child about charity because charity is just helping somebody in need. And then when it comes to the financial donations, you know, get your kid engaged by letting them choose where their money can go. And you can help them because you know what the opportunities are out there and your child doesn't. So like, for example, if you have an animal lover, you can talk to your kid and be like, you know, we, we have this local shelter and we can call them and see what items they need and make it fun. You know, go to the store and, and buy a bunch of dog toys and dog food and put it in a big bag. Have your kids again, decorate the bag, make it feel like it's their own and they're doing it. And again, you know, you're not just helping the animal shelter or the charity that you're donating to, but you're really helping your kids because they feel such a sense of accomplishment and worth and confidence from doing that. And it's such a positive experience that it makes them want to do more. But just start, start small, you know, just start with small baby steps to get there because you're just trying to get them excited about it. You're just trying to build habits. Yeah, that, that's a great message. I love that. I, and I love the fact of getting them engaged in, in charities that uh, you have passion towards because they might carry the same passion or or even knowing what their interests are. You know, my daughter's really into animals. So we've been getting into the uh, World Wildlife Fund uh, as for her donation. So that's, that's, that's great, great advice. One question that I had for you, Liz, you work with people to help them build their wealth as a financial advisor. And that's what this show is all about is helping young families build wealth and thrive. We might get to that point where we've built that wealth and we start to become concerned that what can we do to continue that on for the next generation? You know, my kids receiving all these big toys and all this money, and I'm, I'm worried that they, I guess, might not have the appreciation for all that they're going to have. And then this wealth we've been building in our family is just going to fade away. What do you do when you hear a client of yours say that? And, and, and I guess based on what you've written in your book, how can we make sure that this wealth continues? Well, I think a big part of that is is the the giving part of it and teaching your kids gratitude. So I think that um, parents, if they are being a role model for their kids and showing their kids, you know, that they're grateful for the little things, forget about the big things, you know, the really nice trips and the cars, those are great, but really talking to your kids about the little things that they're grateful for every day so that your child understands that if you have enough to live on, if you have, you know, a roof over your head, if you have food, if you have a loving family, you are one of the lucky ones. And so I think that that's the biggest part of teaching your kids the value of of wealth and money is really sh- teaching them gratitude for what you have. That's great. Are there any practices you've done with your kids or any advice that you've been able to give that you know, puts that into practical terms on on being grateful? I mean, are there practices or activities we can do with our kids? You know, we, um, every day at the end of the day, I ask my kids to list three of their favorite things from the day and three things that they're thankful for. And, you know, it's, I try to make it cause they're all, they're both little and they're in the mommy phase. So, you know, which I love, but every night I'm like, so what, what are three things that you're really thankful from today? And they all say mommy. And I'm like, so sweet. I love it so much, but let's like, give me three things that happened today and really kind of like drill down on that so that they can really think through the day and think about positive things. And, and, you know, my son will say, well, Maddie shared her toys with me. And I'm like, that's so great, buddy. Maddie, that was really generous of you and talking through, but it's a really good way to end the day on a positive note. And also just to be kind of intentional 
and at the end of the day and, and really think about what did we do that was positive? What's the positive impact that we had on that? So that the next day, you're thinking a little bit more about what you do and the impact that you have on others. I love it. That's a great way to lay down to sleep. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. So someone's listening right now and they're saying, well, I, you know, I really want to teach my kids some smart money lessons and help them have a great life, but I'm a complete financial mess. What would you say to them? I, I would say you're with 99.9% of the population and don't beat yourself up on it. Um, you know, I think first of all, Think about um, you have an advantage that your kids don't, and it's experience and perspective. So whether or not you're perfect at saving or perfect at spending, you still have so much experience in it. You're paying bills every day. You understand, maybe you're in credit card debt, but you understand credit cards and the dangers of credit cards. So you have experience. Um, you have perspective on it. And, you know, you don't have to be perfect to teach your child something. I have a horrible sweet tooth and I eat way too much candy. But am I telling my, you know, I, I'm still teaching nutrition to my kids. I'm still teaching them that you can't have too much sugar and you have to have your fruits and veggies, even though I'm not perfect about it. Um, that's kind of that like hypocritical thing you were talking about earlier. That's mine with sweets. So I think for parents, you know, it can be very intimidating. And I think that's probably the biggest reason why parents don't talk to their kids about finance, but you're not talking to them about something that you don't understand. You do understand this stuff. So give yourself a little bit of credit and start very simply with your kids. You're just starting about starting the basics um, about needs versus wants and priorities. And then, you know, when you're out shopping with them, just have them pay, you know, bring, bring some cash. Nobody brings enough cash for, you know, like the groceries, $147 or whatever it is. But if you're going to get coffee, just have your kid pay for the coffee. You know, you can do little things that aren't these big, um, intimidating conversations just to start exposing your child to money early. Yeah, that's great. Like you said, it's not uh, Bitcoin and hedge funds. It's just like, hey, smart spending or do we need this? Do we want that? What's the difference between that? And those decisions, those lessons that we teach at an early age, like you said, I mean, people are absorbing or kids are absorbing this as early as seven and and uh, you're starting at four. And I love that. That's beautiful. Very cool. So Liz, thank you so much for your time today. I think this is an incredible message and I think it's going to help a lot of people out. Where's the best place for people to check out this awesome new book of yours and learn more about you? Well, thank you so much for having me here. It's been a blast being on your show. And um, anybody can go to LizFraser.com and that's got all of my information. Or you can buy my book anywhere online where books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, anything like that. Excellent. Liz, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. A very important topic and one that I'm focusing on a lot as a young father. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Liz Frazier. Number one, start teaching your kids about money early. You heard Liz. Our kids' money habits are formed by age seven. That means starting early is the key to success. We started doing a chore and reward program with Zoe and Calvin, I think around age four. Now, at age seven and five, they know every Saturday morning is chore time without us even asking. They start doing their work and it's awesome. <laughs> now, it's not to say that if you've got kids over seven years old that you can't form any of these habits. Start today, get it going, and start to make an impression in their lives and also be a great example for them. Number two, needs and wants is a great starting point. 
I like when Liz talked about having conversations with her kids about what they need and what they want. She even made it into a fun game. These type of tactics will make learning about money easy and fun. Number three, demonstrate gratitude so your kids will as well. I want my kids to grow up grateful for what they have, the privilege that they have. This way they can grow up and feel appreciative for what they have and lend a hand to others who could use some support. Starting young with a daily gratitude practice like Liz talked about is a great opportunity for us to become more content and for our kids to become more content. When you think about it, this whole conversation is less about money and more about creating happy, grateful, and helpful kids. And then those kids will grow up to be adults. And wouldn't it be great to add more happy, grateful, and helpful people into this world? Liz, thank you so much for coaching us parents on how to help our kids thrive. I hope you see lots of movies this year with your daughter. (laughs) And your book, Beyond Piggy Banks and Lemonade Stands, is a big success for you and your family. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, connect with me on social media at Andy Hill MKM. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm on those way too much, really. (laughs) So connect with me, follow me, and say what's up. Number two, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Number three, share this episode with a friend who wants to teach their kids about money. You can find this show and all the links and resources at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 172. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 172. And if you are new to this show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, the 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from James Baldwin. Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. Your actions speak louder than your words, my friends. Carpe diem! Carpe diem!